This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. For the opportunity to stand here and share the little that the Lord has given unto me. I pray that I shall bless us all and the name of the Lord will be exalted forevermore. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we just say thank you. We thank you again for the privilege you have given unto us to come unto you. That even as we have gathered before you to learn of you, our expectations will not be cut short. That in those who have come looking for hope, they will get hope today. Those that are looking for direction will get direction today. Perhaps there's some who have lost their way. That today they will find their way. At the end of the day, your name alone will be exalted. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your name, O Lord. Dear Lord, I commit myself into your hands. I ask that you will take this vessel, use it for your glory this morning. Let your name be exalted, O Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Please, let's just open to Job, John chapter 5, verse 1 to 9. Uh, a couple of scriptures that we'll read there. I'll try and keep within my, um, I would have asked um, Brother Femi to help us with this, our time counter. I'm not sure I'm looking very well at the clock, but the Lord will help us. So John chapter 5, verse 1, and I'll read from here, uh, New King James Version, God bless you, upstairs. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, verse 2. Now, there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. Verse 3, in this lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. Verse 4, for an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. And verse 5, now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years, 38 years. Verse 6, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me up into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Verse 8, Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed, and walk. And verse 9, and immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked, and that day was the Sabbath. Looking at those verses, I'm sure most of us know the story behind that, uh, the, the, the lame or crippled at the pool of Bethesda. There are a few things that came out of there that just to set the the baseline for what we'll talk about today. Uh, one, that knowing what appears to be the solution to your problem is not an assurance that it will be solved. The fact that you know the solution to your problem does not mean your solution, uh, your problem will be solved. There's the fact that the solution was there, he knew the solution to his problem, but his problem was not solved. The second point there is that for your situation to change, there must be a movement. You must move for the situation to change. It could not move, the situation did not change. 
The third point there is that situations in life can leave us making excuses for our failures. The situations we face in life can make us give excuses for our failures. The man could not get to the pool and he could not be healed and he kept explaining that there was no man to carry him. Situations can face us so much that we end up giving excuses. It's because uh, my wife didn't pray well. That's why I didn't get the job. It is because my husband didn't do that. That's why I didn't get this job. It is because my, I was born into a black family. That is why situations in life can leave us making excuses for the failures that we face. The fourth one is that you must know the real source of your breakthrough. The man was at the pool. He looked onto the pool. And when the solution came nearby, he didn't even know that was the solution. Because what he had been looking onto all this while appeared to be a solution. So you must know the real source of, the stro- of your breakthrough. The pool, the angel was troubling the water. And he believed the water being troubled by the angel would be a solution. The God behind the angel had sent his only begotten son and that was was standing by him and he didn't know that was the solution to his problem. And the fifth one is that it is very easy to miss our helpers when we magnify our problems or challenges. Sometimes we may put our problems so high up and then even when help comes, we do not know help is by us. And I will give a good example is in John chapter 6, verse 7 to 9. And that's the story of, you know, our Lord Jesus Christ feeding the 5,000. And, of course, when he asked them, how do we get food for these people? And when he told them that you get food for them, and they said, look, even if we had enough food, how can we feed these 5,000? And somebody came and said, "Ah, well, there's... Five loaves and two fishes here. And he said, can these five loaves and two fishes feed this multitude of people? The problem kept staring them in the face that even when there was at least a glimmer of hope, they couldn't see it. And they almost missed it. But thank God for who God is. He went ahead and did what he had to do. This month is tagged the month of advancement. And because it's tagged the month of advancement, there's going to be lots of things opposing your advancement. That is certain. When the Lord says something, there are lots of things that come to contradict it. Either from our own thoughts, either from our own understanding, lots of things will come to contradict our, what, what the Lord has said. And one of the things that comes up is what we seem to always know is um, when you're progressing or you're advancing is... The enemy tries to throw things into your life that sort of hinder you from making progress. In some places, you call it stagnation. You will start moving. They get to a place and you stop and you're not able to move forward. And they call it stagnation. But there's another part. There's the stranded part. There's a part where you're left with no thing to walk. It's like you're, you're, you're floating, if you know what I mean. And I call that when you're stranded. And, and when I was preparing for this um, to comfort, I had a different um, plan. Uh, when we had our prayer meeting on Friday, it just became clear unto me that truly there ought to be a difference. Thank God for one of our brothers who led our sessions, to be precise, Brother Shegum. And uh, he just sort of nailed um, 
where God, I believe God wanted us to talk about. You will not be stranded in the name of Jesus Christ. We will not be stranded in the name of Jesus Christ. This man was stranded. He had no one to help him. That's why he was stuck in that place. We will not be stranded in the name of Jesus Christ. This morning, that's the declaration, and that's maybe if you want to coin, I don't have a great title for it, but I called it, You Will Not Be Stranded. Because all that I was just going through my mind was, You will not be stranded. And none of us will be stranded in the name of Jesus Christ. We are on a path of advancement, and we will reach our destination. We will not be stuck on an island. We're not talking about stagnation. Yes, stagnation is pausing in a place, right? Stranded is that there's no help. And the Lord will help us. As we just dig into a few things there. I mean, there's a link between being stranded and stagnation, definitely. But stagnation is something else. And I believe being stranded is something else. Um, So what does it really mean to be stranded? Of course, the dictionary will define it on all sorts of things. And what will naturally come to your mind is maybe somebody who is shipwrecked, you know, is is on a boat going somewhere, and of course, is shipwrecked. That's part of it. And the dictionary says that when one is unable to leave a place because of lack of means, that's maybe transportation, or you're on your way, and then you run out of gas, maybe, you know, there's no filling station around you, you can be left stranded. So if you're not unable to get to your destination, you most likely are stranded. If you have started the year with high expectations for the year, and now the year is almost over, without not much of a progress on the things that you expected God to have done, you're feeling tired, you're running out of gas, you're discouraged, you're probably on the verge of being stranded. The second point there is about understanding what being stranded is, is when one is left without help. I know that we started with that. When you are left without help, most likely you are stranded. I mean, you can be stagnated, and of course there may be help to come there to take you out. But when you have no help, you are stranded. There's no one to call, there's no one to help you out of that situation, you're most likely stranded. I remember, I just... While I was preparing, I was reminded by one of my experiences a number of years ago. Um, some of our brothers and sisters here, uh, some of them, my wife knows the story. Back in Nigeria, I've shared it with some people as well. Uh, while we just finished uni, well, uh, yeah, undergraduate, just about finishing. I won't, leave, I won't mention the year, so I don't put myself on the spot. But uh, while we're just, in, <laughs> we're just about finishing school then, and one of my friends was serving somewhere in the West if you know Shogbo, and then I was in Benin, and I decided to take a trip from Benin to go and visit him somewhere where he was serving. Because he had gone, he, was, he did a four-year course, I did a five-year course, engineering, and he was doing science. So he had, go, he had graduated before myself. So I decided to go and visit. So I traveled to Shogbo, and unfortunately I arrived quite late. And I missed my connecting that was supposed to be get to the park, Get a bus, you know the story. Uh, so I don't know some of them. I don't know if you are anticipating what I'm saying. But I got to Shogbo, I got to the park, and I got there quite late because I'd sort of maybe I timed my journey badly. I don't know, but I got into a bus from Bin. I didn't know how far it would take me to get to Shogbo anyway. So I got to Shogbo, I got there, and the last bus to I was going to a place called 
eat a day or something like that for those who are from that side. So I got to Oshogbo and I, and I missed the last bus. So and I didn't have it. There was a time there were no mobile phones. So I didn't tell anybody from home I was going to Oshogbo. And my brother didn't know I was going to Oshogbo and all that kind of stuff. And I got there and I looked around. There was no place. I didn't know anybody there. So the closest place I had there was the, filling station, the police station. So I went to the police station and I told them that actually I was going to head there. I had missed the last bus and they, and they said the first bus is at about four. So maybe I could just hang around there into the morning and then I'll catch the bus in the morning. And these people said no. I said, I said but this people are supposed to be my last line of defense. And the police said no. You can't stay here. Go to the filling station near up the road. So I went up the filling station, and of course it was closed. There was no one there. And I sat on a bench. I said, no, I'll just keep awake. You know, when you're young, you watch. the sort of boldness. I'll just keep my eyes awake, anything. And I was sitting there. So finally one bus came. I mean, one vehicle that was coming from the east and was transiting and was going first in the morning, just decided to stay at the filling station. So I was at the desk. I was sitting on the bench till about midnight, and the next thing, this man said, I, bros, are you, sorry, but he said something like that anyway. Bros, are you sitting here till, I won't speak in the way I've, spoken, I've said it, but are you sitting here till morning? I said, well, I, I don't have any. I'm going somewhere and I can't get any. He said, ah, if you sit down here, do you see those people in the police station there? They're the ones that will come and pick you up and throw you behind. I said, ah, the same people that are told, say yes. They're the ones that drive around at night and pick people here. So he said I should stay in the bus, I mean in his vehicle with him until morning. I was, I was suspicious as well. I just hope this man won't do something funny. So I sat at the back of the vehicle. It was a station wagon, if you know what I mean, this 504 station wagon. Estate, estate as we call it. So the estate, I was sitting at the back and I was just watching him. And I stayed awake till morning. And 4 a.m., my eyes were wide open. I told him, thank you very much. We were still sleeping and I dashed to the to the, to the cap, to the park, and I got my vehicle to Ede. But you can imagine I was actually stranded in that place. I didn't know where to go to. I couldn't catch any vehicle back to Benin. I could not do anything. The place I thought would, help, would be of help was not able to help me. I pray that the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. We will not be stranded. Thank God that we have mobile phones. Please have a little charge. If it's just in case, may the Lord help us in Jesus' name. So, when there is no help, that's an indication of you being stranded. When one is not able to move forward, as we've mentioned before, that's an indication that you're being stranded. In Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 3, verse 2 and 3, the Lord was speaking to the children of Israel, that they had encompassed that mountain for so long. They had been moving around in circles. I'm sure maybe in their mind they said, well, at least it's better than being in Egypt. Ah, Egypt was so bad. It's okay. Let's just keep going around the mountain. It's not too bad after all. At least Egypt, that one was really a tough situation. At least this mountain will not do us anything wrong. Let's just keep going around in circles. But they were actually stranded. I pray that the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. You know, um, in, and another one is when one has departed from God, when you've departed from God, you're most likely stranded. You've turned away. You have backslidden. You have closed the door. You've had enough. You're most likely stranded. And the fifth one there says there that 
when the Lord himself has left you, you are likely stranded. When the Lord removes his hand from you, you are stranded. The Lord rejected Eli. So that I'm not talking too much. Uh, in First Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, uh, we'll just read it quickly. Sorry, I'm not, I'm, I'll be relying a little bit on, um, on my people to help me here. So the Lord was speaking here in First Samuel chapter 2, verse 30. He says, therefore, I'm reading to verse 34. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Verse 31. Behold, the days are coming that I will cut off your arm and the arm of your father's house so that there will be not any old man in your house. Verse 32. And you will see an enemy in my dwelling. You will see an enemy in my dwelling place despite all the good which God does for Israel. And there shall not be an old man in your house forever. 33, but any of your men whom I do not cut off from my altar shall consume your eyes and grieve your heart, and all the descendants of your house shall die in the flower of their age. 34, now this shall be a sign to you that will come upon your two sons, Onofni and Phineas. In one day they shall die, both of them. 34, that's the way it ends. Can you imagine when the Lord rejects you? When the Lord removes his hand from you. May that not be our portion in the name of Jesus Christ. For me, whenever I read this, it's, it's very cool. It, makes, it gives me these shivers that the Lord was bombarding Eli with all this. I'm sure even the man would have said, there's no hope. There's no way I can come out of this. You know, then if you look at another person that was rejected by the Lord. You know King Saul. If you remember the story of King Saul. We will not go into the details. But the Bible records in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 14. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 14. The Spirit of God left Saul. The man was still functioning as a king, but God had left him. He was standing and, you know, hey, king, live forever. You know, maybe they were saying that time. But God had left him. I think Saul's, King Saul's state was worse than that of Cain. Because Cain... Even when God turned his back on Cain, Cain, God still gave him mercy. Because in Genesis chapter 4, verse 15, the Lord put a mark on Cain. But concerning this one, he left him to hang and dry. That's he left him and the enemy used, he turned, I mean, he just dealt with King Saul. King Saul became mad. He was possessed. All sorts of things started going wrong in his life. Because the Lord had left him. Even our Lord Jesus Christ experienced a feeling of being left alone by God himself. That's scary. In Mark chapter 15, verse 34, Mark 15, verse 34, Jesus Christ was on the cross, and he said something. On the, in the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabatani, which is translated, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? If the pain must have been so much that disconnect between him and God himself must have been something that he felt so heavily. Maybe people have tried to explain that, all sorts of things, but truly our Lord Jesus Christ felt alone at that point in time. Perhaps you've prayed concerning some issues. Perhaps you have been on the particular point concerning some issues with the Lord and it seems like there's been no response 
no change in situation. It may, be, it may be giving you the feeling that you're being left alone. But I want to assure us all this afternoon that the Lord does not leave us alone. You know, and as, as, as it came onto my head, you will not be stranded. You will not be stranded in the name of Jesus Christ. So how do we come out of a stranded situation? How do we come out of these situations? When you're stranded, how do we come out of it? I mean, uh, I mean, the reality of life is that you will face situations where you're left without direction. You're without that. It may look like the ground has gone off underneath your feet. But how do we come out of them? How do we come out of situations where we feel like we're stranded? I think the first thing that we may look at is to be obedient. How? Why? Why, why, would, you, why would obedience be the first thing that will come to your mind when you are in a stranded situation? Obeying what? What do you want to obey? Who are you talking to? What is it that you would have to do at that point in time that you want to obey? But the Lord says in his word, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18 to 19, it says, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, even though you are stranded, I put it there as well, they shall be as white as snow. I will deliver you. Though they are red like crimson, you may be in a desert, you may be in a difficult situation, they shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. There are two things he mentioned there. If you are willing. Most of us are willing. Not many of us are obedient. It's that part that we seem to struggle with. And obedience is not just only when it is clearly the Lord's word, God speaking. Obedience in little things. Obedience in little things. It's part of the training that the Lord has been giving me as well. Learning to take a little bit of instructions from people that I think I shouldn't. My own thinking, ah, it shouldn't be ah, this little one telling me this. It's a mark of humility, and God is working on me concerning those things as well. That if we learn to be obedient, even in the little things, the little instructions that are given to us here from the leadership, those are the little things that make a lot of difference in our lives. The Lord said in his word that obedience is better than sacrifice. It was what cost King Saul his problem. I mean, cost his, King Saul the throne. Disobedience. I mean, that's little act of disobedience took King Saul out of his place. And of course, King Samuel, Prophet Samuel mentioned it to, to, to him that obedience is better than sacrifice. It's the same thing with us. We can fast and pray, but if we do not do the basic things that the Lord expects of us, we are wasting our time. May the Lord help us in this area in Jesus' name. And the second part is how in coming out of a stagnated situation or a situation where you're stranded is asking for help. Asking for help. In these days where you have phones, maybe hopefully you won't be in a place where you don't, your network is cut off. You know, but if you were like where I was, I still asked for help. I still went to the, uh, the police station. You know, you must learn to ask for help. I'm reminded by this, I remember the day we had this, um, the opening, the Wednesday of the program of the the celebration week, and one of our teenagers, is it Feromio? So he was leading a session of where they had different slots. And of course, one person from different, different roles had to answer the question. And if you can't answer the question, what do you do? Call your friends, right? 
It's the same thing in life. When you are in the difficult situations, ask for help. Ask for help. Blind Bartimaeus enjoyed the mercy of the Most High God because he asked for help. In Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 49. Mark chapter 10, 46 to 49. We will not read it for this because of time. Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 49. Blind Bartimaeus cried for mercy. He didn't want to remain in that situation anymore. And the Lord attended unto him. Even when people were resisting, hindering him from coming unto the Lord, he cried for help. Your situation may look very difficult, but I think it's okay to cry for help until things turn around. The Bible says in Psalm 50, verse 15, Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you. That is the word of the Lord. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you. That is the promise of the Lord. So we can call for help when we are in a stranded situation. And another part is when you can ask for help, but you must be able to give help as well. Give help to others. Service. When you're in a stranded situation, your situation doesn't... Which English is it now? Does not stop you from being able to give help to others. Um, Let me not... (laughs) The Lord will help me in Jesus' name. Uh, The days of too much of grammar. (laughs) So you can ask, you can give help to others. Apostle Paul was stranded or shipwrecked on the on in Malta. I don't know how many people have been to Malta. He was stranded on Malta. And in Acts chapter 28, verse 8, he was still able to go forward. That, in fact, let me read it. And it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery. Paul went into him and prayed, and he laid his hands on him and healed him. This was the guy that was shipwrecked. He was taken off course, stuck on an island indirectly, and then he still didn't look to his predicament. He still went ahead. And still help people went in a difficult situation. The fact that you may be in a stranded situation doesn't hinder you from being able to give service to others. Joseph was another example. We know the story of Joseph. Joseph was in the prison and he still ministered to the needs of others. For me, that one was tough. Genesis chapter 40, verse 1 to 7. Genesis chapter 40, verse 1 to 7. He still ministered to people. Lord, have mercy. I mean, prisoner, the prisoner, one will tell you, do you know, what do you know what I mean? What are you? We're all in the same boat. Just leave it. But he still ministered. He was looking for those who were sad. It's okay to be sad in the prison. You don't expect to be joyful in prison. Because every time I think about it, he went and he saw these two people and they were sad. I would have thought that you come and meet me, I'm in prison and I'm sad. I should be sad. And he went and he asked them, why are you feeling sad? May God have mercy in Jesus' name. He was still looking out for the needs of people in a state. And the, the response would have been, you are, come on, I am sad because I'm here. You too, you should be sad because you are in the prison. I mean, do you want to remain here forever? Being in a difficult situation doesn't stop us from being able to help others. I pray that the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Even our Lord Jesus Christ gave us a perfect example. On the cross, in Luke chapter 22, you know the story, the two that were stuck with him up there, 
And one was lambasting him and calling. Is it lambast? So, I'm getting there. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, I'm trying to suppress it. Eh? Okay. <laughs> so, one was criticizing him, yes. I was hitting him and saying all sorts of things concerning him. And then he, he still, and the other one said, no, this man is not, he didn't do what you, uh, yeah, look, uh, you know what he has done. And he still, God, our Lord Jesus Christ still even had time to look out for him and said, this one, you'll be with me in paradise. When we're in difficult situations, we can still be helpful to others. Let's not let it be a hindrance. And I think that would help us in coming out of every stranded situation. The fourth one, thank God for our pastor that he ruled this morning. He touched, he did a lot of work on uh, expectations. Be hopeful. Be hopeful. The Bible says in Proverbs 23 verse 18, your expectation shall not be cut short. Proverbs 23 verse 18. For as many as have been stuck in a rut or been on a position for a long time, the word of the Lord doesn't change. He says, your expectation shall not be cut short. He hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. Some situations uh, I share with my wife, yes, we're trusting the Lord concerning some things. He hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. There are many people that are trusting the Lord for various situations, visas, work, fruit of doing, whatever it is. Thank God for Daddy uh, Rule this morning. And our sister was talking about being expectant and the thing not coming to pass. God says, be expectant. Your expectation shall not be cut short. And that was what was counted concerning Abraham. Abraham was recorded concerning him in Romans chapter 4 verse 18. Romans chapter 4 verse 18. Let's just read it so that I don't misquote. Who against hope believed in hope? Who against hope, he had no reason to believe. There was nothing to stand on. This man was past bearing age. His wife was past bearing age. Everything had gone. And the Lord was telling him that he'll be a father of many nations. Hindsight is 20, is, is it they say it's 2020. When we look back, it sounds very good. The man was hopeful. But being in Abraham's situation, Lord have mercy. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. May the Lord help us to remain hopeful. The clock may be ticking, ticking, but the Lord is a faithful God. It will come true for us all in the name of Jesus Christ. And the fifth point in bringing us out of... um, Stranded situations that I wrote here is you must invite Jesus into your boat. Whether you call it life, you call it job, you must invite Jesus into your boat. Jesus must be in your life. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. You must invite Jesus into your life. It's even good that he's actually knocking on the door. He's even inviting himself. 
you know, but the Lord, we must invite Jesus into our lives. So perhaps you are in that kind of situation where you have not known the Lord as your Savior yet. There is hope. This is about the best time. Because coming out of any, it's almost impossible for one to find a way out without Jesus being in there. It is almost, if not impossible. You may get respite for a few days. You may get a little bit of advancement. You may get a little bit of breakthrough. But permanent release would never come unless Jesus Christ is in it. The testimony goes concerning the one, I mean, if you know the story of uh, the, prover- the, the parable he gave concerning the one that maybe a strong man, you know, comes and binds and he takes out the spirit and after he drives them away and if there's nothing there that fills it, that same one that was, this, was dealt with will go and bring forth others and come and fill that space. Unless the, you may get respite, peace for a few days, but if the Lord is not involved you can't have full victory. So if you're, not in that, if you're in that situation where you do not know the Lord as your Savior, there is time for it. This is the set time. Um, there are people here who would be able to guide you through, and the Lord, his name will be glorified in our lives. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2 says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burnt. Nor shall the flame scorch you. That's an assurance from the Lord. It can only come to pass if the Lord is in your boat. There's no way you will be in a fire and not be burnt unless the Lord is there. There's no, I don't know what the suits that they make these days. For some of us who are in, 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 in the oil industry, yeah. Just throw it in here. We're doing a particular job for a particular client, and the the temperature of the place of the the field is quite high. And we're using the the tools that were used for drilling the well were just within the range. Somebody is smiling there because I think it was the one on that job. But um, just within range, and by the grace of God, we got through to the end. But it was pushing the limit. And, you know, we we'll tell the client that, look, don't try it next time, you know. But, of course, we, are, we have to do our own bit as the people providing the tools to make sure that. Um, but, you know, what are we saying here? When you go into fire, unless the Lord is in it, you will certainly be burnt. When you go through difficult situations, unless the Lord is there, you will drown. I pray the Lord will be in all that we do. And we will not be stranded in the name of Jesus Christ. Another one is John 2, verse 1 to 10. Thank God, during the wedding that, wedding that we had here a couple of weeks ago, uh, Pastor Mark was making a good analysis on this scripture. And it really stuck with me. Revelation, in John chapter 2, verse 1 to 10, the Lord Jesus Christ spared one who was having a wedding ceremony from embarrassment. If he had not been there, Lord have mercy, they wouldn't have been able to deal with the situation because maybe it would have been the talk of town that they have gathered people and they didn't have enough to give them or something like that. But the Lord was there and he spared them from embarrassment. So no matter the situation that we face in life, if the Lord is not in it, there's almost no chance that we can come out of it successfully. 
May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. The Lord is a faithful God and it will come true for us. The Lord is a faithful God and it will come true for us. The Lord is a faithful God and it will come true for us. You will not be stranded. You will not be stranded. There's a, there's a word that comes to mind. I, I, I think it was, I don't know if it was Pastor Will that mentioned it sometimes. said, if you do not know where you're going, you will discover that every road leads you there. You must know where you're going first. So if you do not know where you are going, every road will take you there. Whether you go south and you're supposed to go north, you're going on the right path. So the first thing is to establish where you are going. Where are you going? That's the question that we're asking. We're advancing, we're advancing. Advancing to where? We're praying this is the month of advancement. Where are you advancing to? Where are you advancing to? The first part you need to define is where you are going. By the grace of God, we're all going. We're aiming for eternity, right? We're aiming. All the other parts are just part of the journey. And the Lord in his mercy will take us there in the name of Jesus Christ. If you don't know where you're going, you will not know when you are stranded. If you don't know where you're going, you will not know when you are stranded. We shall not be stranded in the name of Jesus Christ. You will not be stranded in the name of Jesus Christ. I have only one prayer point here. And I want us to just get up on our feet. And we'll just pray. First of all, I want us to thank the Lord for how far he has brought us on the journey, in the journey of life. The Lord has been our keeper. The Lord has been our sustenance. I want us to thank God. Because if not for the Lord on our side, where would we be? Let's thank God that when we look at all the points that were listed here concerning stranded situations, the Lord has been faithful. Maybe by his grace and his mercies, we're not all caught up in that. Maybe in one way or the other, we have experienced one of those ones. Let's still thank God because there's hope. Let's thank God because God is a faithful God. Let's thank God because the journey that we have started, we have not gone alone. Let's thank God because the Lord has not left us alone. Concerning his promises, he has said in his word that he will not leave us or forsake us until he perfects that which he has said concerning us. Let's thank God because the Lord has been by us. A few weeks ago, we were talking about if the Lord not been on our side, where would we be? Let's thank God again because the Lord has been on our side. On our side. Let's thank the Lord because God has been faithful. The Lord is a God who watches over his word to perform it. We looked at the life of Abraham just now. How again all hope. He stood on that little promise. The promise that the Lord gave him. He had nothing to hold on to but just the word of the Lord. Let's thank God because the Lord has not left us, not just with his word, but he has given us signs that our hope shall not be cut short. Our expectation shall not be cut short. Let's thank God for these things. The Lord of all flesh is a faithful God. Daddy, we just say thank you again because you have been faithful. We thank you because you have helped us up to this point. We thank you because you have kept us. We thank you, oh God, for the journey thus far in life. You have brought us through. We are not dead because you have been with us. We are not dead because there is hope for us. Indeed, for a tree that is cut down, when it would even grow up again, Daddy, we say thank you because you have left, you have not left us bereft. You have not left us bereft of your word. You have not left us without your word. Daddy, we say thank you. We bless your name, O God. For in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, we have given thanks. I want us to pray. Father, in the journey of life, I will not be stranded. Whatever it is, just turn that into a prayer and pray. Father, in this journey of life, 
I will not be stranded. In this journey of life, I will not be stranded, O Lord. I will not be stranded. Daddy, I will not be stranded. I will not be stranded, O Lord. I will not be stranded. I will not be stuck. I will not be without help. In this journey of life, I will not be stranded. Dear Lord God, I will not be stranded. I will not be stranded. None of us will be stranded, O Lord. Daddy, we pray this afternoon, in this journey of life, we have started, Daddy, we will not be stranded. We will not be shipwrecked. We will not be stuck. We will not be lost in the name of Jesus Christ. Daddy, we will not be stranded. None of us will be stranded. We started, we will finish. Daddy, we started, we will finish. We will not be counted among those who have departed from the faith. Daddy, we will not be stranded. In this journey of life, we will not be stranded. We will not be stranded. Lord, we will not be stranded. We will not be stranded. Keep us burning for you, O Lord. Keep us burning for you, O Lord. Keep us burning for you, O Lord. Daddy, we will not be stranded. Oh, continue to pray unto the Lord that you will not be stranded. You will not be stranded. Let's continue praying. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.